You're listening to a sermon from the Spring Midtown Church in Phoenix, Arizona. If you'd like to learn more about the Spring and its ministry, please visit thespringmidtown.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Good morning, friends. Nice. Oh, man. I want a little more energy than that, if possible. Good morning, friends. There we go. There we go. You guys have had time to warm up some songs. It's nice to be up front and have a comfy chair to sit on, too. This is nice. We should think about instituting this moving forward. Um, Guys, we're so happy you're here. If you're new to Midtown, uh, welcome. This is a great day to be here because this is an opportunity you get to meet and hear the stories of a few people who do life in this community, uh, who try to figure out what it means to follow Jesus for them and their particular gifts and skill sets and, uh, and circles that they run in. Uh, we're calling this Story Sunday. This is the second time that we've done this sort of service. Uh, the heart behind it is that we aren't just a, a random group of people who gather on Sundays and sit far from each other and sing songs and then leave uh, and don't interact with one another. We're actually people who do life together. Uh, we're people who want to know what's going on, uh, what we can be praying for, what we can be praising, uh, the sorts of things that we can walk alongside each other in in our lives. Uh, because that's what the vision of the church is. Uh, it's a vision of a body uh, where there are hands that are feet, there are hands, feet, ears, mouth, nose, eyes. Everyone has unique gifts and skill sets. Uh, and we want to hear how God is, is using those things to bring about redemption and restoration in our world. Uh, so today I have two friends that I'd like to introduce you to. Uh, the first of them, we're going to spend some time hearing her story. Her name is Sarah Buono. Bon- I- Buono. Buono. Sarah Buono. Guys, welcome Sarah Buono. I was, Sarah informed me of the correct pronunciation of her name, and that is my fault entirely for not remembering the correct pronunciation of her name. I, yes, thank you. I appreciate it, David. Um, Yes. There's some forgiveness, some not forgiveness. We'll talk about it later. Sarah, welcome. We're glad uh, that you're, man, stepping into this this sweet time to share your story. Many people may have seen you around over the course of the last few months and years that you've been at Midtown, but some people may not know much about you. So tell us uh, three things about you. One, what it is that you do with most of your time throughout the week, work-wise, or uh, other ways that you fill your time. Uh, How long you've been coming to the Spring Midtown, and then finally your favorite ice cream flavor, because that's something that everyone should know about everyone. That's the hardest question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could start there if you'd like. (laughs) No, I have a long answer for that one. So what I do mostly throughout the week, um, I'm a full-time doctorate student at ASU working on a minor's practitioner degree and then also work full-time every other weekend doing hospice. So and then every other Sunday usually here serving. So that's pretty much where all my time goes. And then uh, I forgot what the second question was. How long have you been at Midtown? Oh, I've been at Midtown for uh, three years and then... um, Favorite ice cream. When you sent me that question, I was like, "Man, I have to pray really hard about that." <laughs> I love ice cream so That's the much. One you it's just my favorite food. Yes. Um, yeah, probably my top favorite is the Tonight Dough from Ben and Jerry's. Okay. Oh, we got some applause in the corner. When David was up here last time, I related so much. He had nice. like eight answers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's definitely my favorite. Favorite place to get ice cream is Churn. One hundred percent. So good. Wow. <laughs> Sarah just became friends with more people in the room because of those answers. Yeah. Nurse practitioner. So tell me, Sarah, a little bit about like, what has led you towards 
continuing your education, because nurse practitioner that I know of, I'm married to a nurse, so I don't know all the things, but I know a little bit. It's intense, the program's intense, the learning's intense. Uh, what in you, uh, what gifts or skill sets have prompted you to kind of pursue that, that line of work? Hmm. I, think, um, I think a lot of it comes from, when I first started as a nurse, I worked in the ICU for a couple years, um, and then went to hospice after. And I think just seeing like, there's a lot of like delays in care and just really poor care in general. And especially for like the elderly, people just kind of dismiss them most of the time. Um, and working in hospice, you see it all the time, like patients who are just like not managed at all. And um, so I think in a lot of ways that was my motivation to go back um, just because I felt like as like a healthcare system, we should be doing better. Mm. Um, so I think that's really where that comes from. Um, I kind of applied like on a whim, just like, uh, like I kind of didn't want to go back to school, but at the same time I felt like I was like having a calling towards it. So I'm like, mm. I'll apply and just see what happens. Like if I don't get in, then that's like my sign not to go and I'm okay with it. <laughs> and then I got in and I was like, well, darn, here we go. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> it's been hard, but it's, um, honestly, it's been so much fun. Like I love it, so. Nice. Good. And you mentioned you spend some time here during the week at Hope Women's Center. Is that um, right? So for uh, nurse practitioner uh, doctorate students, you have to do um, essentially like a dissertation, but it's we don't get to call it that. It's called a DNP project, mm. and you ha basically have to find like a site, whether it's like healthcare, or, like community, and you find basically a need there, and then you implement like some sort of um, like intervention to meet that need and. So basically, it's doing your dissertation on that. So um, I, it was convenient because when we switched to Hope Women's Center, um, right before I was like, man, I really want to do something with women, but I don't really know what. And then it was like that, like a couple days later, like Sunday, I come to church and it was like, yeah, by the way, we're moving to Hope Women's Center. And I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then uh, when we came here, because we had like a period of time with the pandemic where we weren't really here, and so I met Tammy um, through Luke. And Tammy was like, yeah, like come in, let's just like pick a pro like a program. And um, like, it was just like the easiest thing ever. It was so crazy. Um, and so I'm working on my project now. I just finished chapter one of my dissertation on Friday. Nice, then, congratulations uh, people. Applaud chapter <laughs> one of a dissertation. That's a fancy, that's a big thing, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And then, uh, <laughs> And then next semester, we're um, getting like IRB approval. And then in fall, we're doing the actual like project here and implementing it. And then in spring, we're um, finishing up the paper, doing like statistics, and then like mm. presenting it. So Nice. All right, I, I keep pushing into this because I'm really interested. What's the project going to look like? What's the, what's the, the vision for uh, what you're doing at Hope Women's Center? Um, right now, they, they have... Um, Initially, when I had talked to Tammy, she was like, yeah, we have a lot of diabetes, a lot of hypertension. Um, but I felt like doing something specific to women, since it's a women's center, like made more sense because mm. I could do those topics kind of anywhere. Um, so we were talking more, and I was talking to, we get like assigned like a nurse practitioner, like mentor person. And my mentor was saying, she works in the ER, and she was saying how they keep getting all these patients coming in um, with like end-stage breast cancer who didn't know they had breast cancer. And so they come in and it's like super obvious to us, but they don't like realize it. Yeah. And you know, at that point there's like no treatment to do. Um, so basically what I'm trying to do is implement like a breast cancer screening program and do um, yeah. like breast self exam, teach like when screenings are due 
and then I'm going to try and get like a free like mammography service to mm. come and like do like a mammography day. So yeah. that's kind of the goal for right now. It's awesome. It's awesome. Sarah, thank you for that, for using your gifts. Yeah, man. It's, it's a joy. We meet in this space, and it's a joy to know that, that we aren't just here on Sundays, that we are constantly loving and serving our neighbors. So thank you for taking a lead on that, too. Um, I would imagine, over the last year, you mentioned COVID, you mentioned kind of the, the weirdness of navigating this last year. Uh, for every healthcare professional, it's been difficult. I would imagine it's been challenging for you. What are some of the things over the last few months and maybe even year that you feel like God has kind of taught you in being in, in this line of work? Yeah, it's definitely been hard. Um, I think especially as a healthcare professional, like during the pandemic time, we were actually like getting emails not to like go out in scrubs because people were being attacked. Oh my God. And so nurses were like being attacked in grocery stores and like at gas stations and being like egged and all this stuff. So it was like... Mm don't be seen. <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting time because usually when you go out in scrubs, like I feel like honestly, like people kind of respect you more in a weird way. Um, or at least like they're t people tend to be very polite for some reason, but um, it was like the opposite reaction. Mm. So I think just like, I don't know, just really seeing like, um, I guess how easily that kind of turned for some people. Mm. And then the isolation that kind of came out of it because then you can't like really see your other nurse friends either. Like I had friends working COVID units. Um, and so like, we're not gonna hang out, you know? Mm. Uh, and then you're isolated from family because everyone's kind of scared of you because <laughs> I think you are like our COVID basically. Yeah. Um, so I think just like in a lot of ways it really like forced me to lean on God more just because like some of those support systems were taken away mm. and I don't know, I think it just, it was really challenging, but I can see like how it challenged me and then like made me better coming out of it, if mm. that makes sense. Totally, totally. When you describe the, like the phrase leaning on God, what are some, some Bible passages or some practices or maybe some people, some community members, what are kind of the, the structures that have been in your life that have encouraged you towards that leaning on God? Yeah. Um, well, I put a couple verses. I'll read. Let's see. So one that I've really been um, thinking a lot about recently is Genesis fifty twenty, and it says, "You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, mm. to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives." Mm. And uh, the other mm. one I've been thinking a lot about is from James: "Be doers of the world and not merely hearers who deceive themselves." So I think like. I guess like really thinking about it, it's just, even though things have been hard, I still feel like I have a calling to like go out there and um, just pursue what that calling is like God's given me to like just go out and help people. Um, and I think just having this spring has been really awesome. Like having the in-person church again has been like the best thing ever. Yeah. Honestly, I missed it so much. Yeah. So, that's like honestly been one of the best support systems is just coming here and like having something else to do, mm. you know, that's not just like school or work, you know, like something else to kind of like redirect me and like keep me on like the track um, and like the end goal, you know? Yeah, man, great passages. And, and yeah, to remember that God in the middle of brokenness brings out life, right? Brings out redemption. You intended this for evil 
and I'm going to use it for good because that's who I am. Uh, that's who God is. That's great. That's great. Uh, you mentioned briefly that Midtown has played a big role. What has community looked like for you, other than Sunday mornings? How has community looked over the last few months? Um, it's been awesome. I've joined the group with uh, Summer and Caleb, and we have a... Uh, nice. They might be watching online. I don't think they're here in person, but shout out to Summer and Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Steve and Ella have been coming, and yeah. Christina, and Lauren and David, and Jordan. So it's just been a super fun group, like getting to know people that... Um, I've talked to some of them, but here and there, but getting to know people that I didn't really know initially from the spring, um, that's been super awesome. And then um, just like, I guess just some of the um, like little Bible studies we've kind of been doing on the side, like me, David, and Lauren, we're doing a bunch of them kind of on the side just throughout the pandemic. Like, mm. I don't even know how many books we read through, um, but that was just super encouraging um, just to have friends like being supportive in that. Nice. Cool. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing a bit about what you're doing. Profound and great work uh, and, and using your gifts uh, to love others, to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. Uh, it's encouraging to me to hear it, and uh, I know that it'll be encouraging for many others. Would you mind if I pray for you? Sure. Thanks, Sarah. God, I thank you uh, for my friend Sarah. I thank you for man, her gift to the community that is her, her compassion, her intelligence, uh, her love and care for humans and the human body and anatomy and, and how we can continue to figure out what it means to bring about health in the world. We thank you that she has looked around her life and seen the gaps that the world has, that she sees the gaps of our healthcare system, that she sees the gaps and needs of people in our community and that she doesn't just leave them there that she actually steps in, uh, that she's willing to spend her time and energy stepping into really difficult situations and caring for people who need care, who need to be loved by you, who need to be healed uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, we thank you for all that you're doing uh, for her. We pray that you would empower her and strengthen her over the course of the next few months and years as she finishes up her, her uh, nurse practitioner program, her dissertation. Uh, we pray that in any ways that this community could continue to love her and serve her, uh, that you would open us up to those opportunities. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, thanks, Sarah, for sharing a bit of her story this morning. Thank you, guys. Man, so, so good. Um, we have one other friend that I'd like to, to bring up. Uh, that friend's name is Tim Martinovich. So, Tim, welcome. Hello, Clint. Hello. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Clint and everyone else that's here. Uh, and each person watching online as well. You're part of this community. Yeah. Um, Tim, I'm going to ask you kind of the same question because you're known by maybe a few in the community, but maybe yeah. not as well known. So three things. One, uh, what do you do with most of your time throughout the week uh, for work or, or the like? Uh, how long have you been at Midtown, Spring Midtown, and your favorite ice cream flavor? All right. Sounds good. So throughout the week, I've been working from home for about a year now. I work at a CVS Health, so I work in uh, sort of the pharmacy networks division, so I'm working with pricing and contracts for our pharmacies and all a big group like that, so that's pretty fun. Work from home, so that's nice. Get to spend a lot more time with uh, my wife who's over there and our daughters who just turned one, Melody and Marae, yes. so that's great. Congrats. Yeah, that's fine. So I get You said daughters just turned one, which yes. if people don't catch on that. 
Oh, twins, yes. They're twins. Twins, yes. 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 Sure. It's, it's old news to me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's two of them. It's great, though. Um, and uh, yeah, so I do that. I've been going to spring for Springs Midtown uh, about, well, it's been a long time now. It feels longer than it is, but two years, I think, actually, mm -hmm. maybe mid-2019. Um, as I remember, we were trying to get pregnant then, and we asked uh, Luke and a couple other people to pray for us, and uh, had you know got through to go through that whole thing. So that was great being doing that with uh, Spring and having everyone part of our lives. And then uh, ice cream. Let's see. <laughs> I would say. Well, I also love churn. You can't go wrong with churn. That is a great spot and yeah. perfect uh, perfect ice cream there. Good hangout in the back too. Fun area. I'm a simple man. I think for me, <laughs> it's just anything with chocolate in it. So Rocky Road, particularly Tillamook. Rocky Road is great, yep. um, and just anything, double chocolate, you know, you can always add, there's not, no such thing as too much chocolate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also like shakes a lot, ice cream shakes, which my wife thinks are very controversial, but <laughs> little, I, I don't know, I think it's great in shake form, nice. so good, good stuff to me. Yeah, sweet. I don't know if you've noticed, but David McVicker has yeah. clapped for every ice cream mentioned so far. So I think he's, he doesn't discriminate. He loves all ice cream. I hope I can attain to his level of wisdom oh, and passion. knowledge of ice cream one day. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. Uh, you uh, just appealed to my wife as well. Emily's favorite ice cream is Rocky Road. We've been to the Tillamook factory. It's really cool. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's a cool spot up in, up in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Tillamook is one of the best brands for sure. Um, so twins, super exciting thing that doesn't happen all that often. Yeah. And you guys, I believe, tell us the timing of when you got pregnant, what that's looked like with COVID, and how it's been parenting twins in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, that's a whole story. Um, well, uh, what can I say about getting pregnant? It's a thing that people do. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was, yeah, we went through some, some loops here and uh, getting to that, but it was, uh, I think, the... The patience that we had to put in, I think God used it to just really bless us in a way that I always joked with my life. I would tell her, like, since day one, I'm like, I'm praying for twins. I would tell her all the time. And then when, it, when we found out, uh, uh, it was just such a shock, and I just immediately was so happy. And, mm. and it was a lot more work for Jacqueline, so she was <laughs> shocked in a different way. But I was just yeah. so, so <laughs> pleased. Like, I did something really special to contribute, but uh, I was just so excited. <laughs> And it's been great ever since. With the pandemic, that made it complicated. Um, uh, she, you know, was having contractions and labor. I hope I'm okay to tell all this, but uh, we went to the hospital. Um, at, she called the doctor like three times, and the doctor was like, "Oh, you're probably fine," and it turned out she was not fine. And so we went in. I think it's 32 weeks. Uh, which is not the best, it's not the worst, uh, but it is a scary area. So we had to go there, and because of the particular unit it was on, uh, antepartum, I think is what it's called, um, they would not let me stay there. So mm -hmm. I got to stay until the next shift started and then had to leave at like five in the morning, which that was actually more than they were allowed to do anyways, they were being nice. Mm -hmm. So she had to stay in there four days by herself um, you know, having contractions and all these doctors trying to figure out how to 
get the girls to stay in there a little bit longer. Um, but they did a great job and she got to come out and I got to see her after four days or something like that. It was a couple of days. Um, so she got to come home and be put on bed rest. And thankfully my company had just a couple of weeks before that sent on, sent home almost everyone. Yeah. And, uh, so I got to help her a lot. Uh, cause you know, when you're on bed rest, you can't do much. They were pretty strict. So we made it another four weeks to 36 and that was great. Yeah. Um, and they do let you stay in the hospital at that point, thankfully, because after a C-section, oh my gosh, what a wild thing that is. But, yeah. uh, so it was challenging, but, uh, it was rough not having, you know, any family during either of those experiences. You're not allowed to have family in the hospital at, at least at that time, maybe still. So it was challenging, but, um, God really blessed us. I think we were there. We asked you guys to pray for us so much. We had a lot of people praying for us, and the the girls stayed in there for four more weeks. And 36 is the green area, usually where you don't need any NICU time. So mm. they just avoided, and we got to take them home after a couple of days. Mm. So it was a wonderful blessing. And then just throughout the year, um, it's great i mean it's been a different experience for us than most because we would already be home a lot uh we yeah. were home a lot uh so but it is uh in some ways it's sad that you don't you know you when you think of having kids you think of your friends having kids around the same time and some of them did and you don't you know having your kid grow up as closely with your friend's kids is not as much of a thing now as it certainly used to be so that is kind of one part of parenting that we were looking forward to a lot that hasn't been as much. I think, you know, maybe that's starting to change now and we're really looking forward to it. It's been different, but the things that have been going on in the world have kind of taken, you know, second place to just how awesome our girls are and how yeah. wonderful that's been. So nice, nice. Yeah. Man, the miracle of birth, the miracle of new life, man. And it's, it's not easy. I think it's those of us that haven't been through it, myself included, can sometimes uh, build it up to be something easy and smooth. Look at how beautiful this is. And it's hard and good, but man, so sweet that God has, has brought you guys through that. And we've also learned that Jacqueline is a strong woman, which is helpful. Uh, Very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so good way to get Jacqueline. She's strong sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, tell me a little bit. So you've, you've spent a lot of time since you've been at home, working from home. You spent a lot of time around your girls and around your family. What, what are some things that God has kind of taught you about himself or about life? through being a dad now in this new season? Well, a lot, I think, uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think, for one, um, it changes a part of you in a, in a really good way. Um, it's kind of hard to describe, like, the feelings that your, your kids will give you. Um, there's this, like, silly country song that says, you know, I wish you loved me like my dog does or something like that. And dogs do love you a lot, um, but it is nothing like, you know, your little kids, the way, you know, they love you and what they make you feel for them. Mm. Like when I work from home, I'll lock myself in my room for a couple hours, get some things done. And every time I come out, it just it, it's like they've never like they haven't seen me in years. They're just so excited, like mm. every time. And it's just the best thing to walk out. And they're just like making their little screaming noises, like so <laughs> excited. Um, so it's definitely opens up a part of your heart uh, that is unique and special and really wonderful. Um, it's also like scary because uh, you know they're going to grow up and they're going to need you to be uh, a really good dad and a good parent. And it kind of makes you realize that you know you feel inadequate for that job in a lot of ways. It's mm. really uh, 
is they look to you for you know everything and so you really have to be a version of yourself that you probably didn't think you know was required a lot more than what you thought you could you know you could get to so yeah. that's that's been you know that's been a lot um, also just trying to figure out how to be in a marriage uh, and how that changes uh, changes you when you you have kids I have to try to be a lot more humble and a lot more patient which are not natural things to me yeah. um, God has taught me a lot of um, he really can like he really puts me in my place a lot and makes me realize where I need to have more humility and where I'm wrong where I need to be more patient um, and that's uh, that's not you know natural for me I'm the kind of person who wants to go to the situation with the ten reasons why you know I'm right and uh, and uh, you just can't you know you, you shouldn't be that way in marriage and you definitely can't be that in way in marriage now uh, more than ever and uh, that's the thing I'm really thankful for and um, it's also just you know how do you be you know how do you prioritize your, your wife and your kids? And, you know, we don't go out, you know, her parents live down in Southern Arizona, mine live in Northern Arizona. So, you know, we were very religious about our date nights before and, and that is, a lot of that has changed and now we have to come up with more creative ways to have date nights at the home, which we kind of neglected for a long time. So that's been, that's been different, but mm -hmm. we're really, I think we're really growing and really thinking about our marriage a lot more and being more mm -hmm. intentional, so. Um, and we have really good people around us to help us with that. So that's great. It's, yeah. it's different, but it's great. And I think we're growing a lot because of it. So. Mm, yeah. No, that's, I think that's wise to remember that the, a new season of life means there will be some changes. But learning how to love one another as a couple and learning how to love your daughters together is, is the goal, right? It's, it's this goal of, of mutual love. And that looks different in different seasons. And so I'm glad that you guys are, are taking steps to figure that out. Uh, what have been, in the process of parenting, in the process of, of navigating marriage over the last little stretch, what have been some verses or some practices, some uh, parts of scripture or uh, uh, other, other things that you've built into your life that have helped point you to God and, and towards that love over the last year? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think I, I, I touched on it a, a little bit before, but just being... Um, you know, just being really humble and uh, not trying to realize that, you know, you're there for your wife and kids and trying to be, you know, more of a servant, more of a servant's heart. Um, and I think in this kind of time in our lives with there's a lot, you know, going out, going on in the world. And um, I think one verse that I've said a lot, because this has been kind of a tumultuous year um, and it's been different for us like I said because we got to bring these two beautiful girls in the world but you know outside of that it had you know there's been a lot going on it's been tough um, like we haven't seen you know either of our grandparents in a year and a half two years um, mm -hmm. and hopefully that will change this summer uh, they haven't got to meet the girls but with all that's been going on one verse that stuck out a lot to me is um, forget the exactly where it is in Psalms, maybe like 120, 121, where it just says, I'll lift my eyes to the hills from whence does my help come. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Yeah. And I think what I've had to learn a lot from, my, from myself is that um, 
you can't, the, the, the world is going to be, we're, we're going to face very difficult things and you can't rely so much on, you know, politicians and parties and elected officials to like take you through these things that they're, yeah. that, um, and if you, worst of all, if you put your hope in them and expect them to fix all these problems around you, that uh, that's going to leave you in a very tough place when ultimately, you know, that doesn't happen or it fails yeah. or it doesn't come anywhere close to what you thought. And so I think that has been a lesson for me and I've seen it affect a lot of my friends and family placing hope in the wrong places um, and for me it's been hard to do that and realize that God is the one I need to rely on um, and that I need to not let my attitude be influenced um, by negative things that are happening out there uh, that that uh, that that God is in control and he has a plan and he has a purpose and a design for it yeah. um, so that has been tough for me, but it's also been a great thing to kind of take some of the stress off of the whole situation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The relocation of our hope. That's, that's been something I, I would imagine many of us, I know I can relate to that over the last year in a variety of ways, and I'm sure many of us can relate similarly. The, the moving of our hope to something substantial and solid and eternal in our Lord. Um, Last question, I, I kind of want to hear for you guys over the, the last little stretch of time, what, uh, what does community look like for you and how have you seen that help you navigate marriage and parenting and work and everything else? Yeah, well, that's a really good question too. I have a lot to say about that. And I, well, I'm sure you know, Clint, as you know, we're all in the same small group together. Yeah, see, that's a shameless plug for me to just yeah. brag uh, that we're in the same group. Small group yeah. is awesome. But, <laughs> no, I, I think this has been one thing that has been really tough for us and it's partly just adjusting to being parents and it's partly uh covid and mm -hmm. that is that before we had kids we were really involved people and we really placed a lot of value on friends and community so we were very proactive and spending time with our friends and and, and investing in relationships and um that just changes a little you know obviously it's going to change when we have kids but with COVID, it put, puts a whole different element on it where, you know, I'm sure a lot, a lot of people have experienced this, but you have, you know, you have close friends that you want to see, you know, wave one of COVID hits and you're, you know, a little cautious and you think, okay, well, it's getting better. Maybe I can start to pick up where some of these relationships have left off and, and another wave hits and you, you know, you pull back again, you don't, you spend time with your friends and then by three and four and you're just kind of a tsunami at this point. So you kind of give up. And uh, there are a lot of friends that we have maybe seen, you know, not at all in a year or maybe once. And, and that's been tough. And throughout that entire time, we have had one solid place that, it, um, that even if it's through Zoom, we've always had a group of people we can count on that will be there almost every week. And that's been our community group. And um, it's kind of hard to put into words how valuable that is especially in a time like this, especially in, when you're in a parent now of two girls. Um, it's been something I've looked forward to a lot every week and I've been in community groups my whole life and it's very easy for them to just kind of feel like this is a little check box that I have to check, you know, check the box every week. I, I go to this and I just get over with. But um, it has been completely changed the way my outlook and the way I view community group. There's like, a, it's a lot more than just 
you go there and read through a little book and you know you you just finish it there's a lot more to that and to it mm. and you know I, me and my wife have built some really I think really good relationships and it has helped so much having that there every week is something you can rely and count on and um, especially just having uh, people you can trust when the inevitable challenges of this world arise um, and having people you can go to and you can trust who you know have the best intentions for you um, and uh, who you know share the same values as you and that's just a beautiful thing especially in time like this when a lot of friendships that you thought you you know were pretty strong just kind of fall away maybe without any you know just because that that's the way the world works I guess in this time so it's, mm. it's a good it's a, been a great thing for us and we're so glad that we you know came to the springs and joined a community group mm. shameless plug <laughs> yeah no thanks Tim thanks for sharing um, and thanks for for being willing to man, get into the the as Nacho Libre's, Libre would say the nitty-gritty of, of your life over the last uh, last few months. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always got to plug Nacho Libre when I can. Um, yeah. Greatest Christian film of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Tim, would you mind if I, if I prayed for you? Thanks, bro. God, we thank you for the Martinovich family, which has doubled in size in the last, uh, last year. We thank you for the lessons that you've been, been teaching them uh, and the ways that you've been opening up their eyes and their hearts uh, to your love for them through their love for their children. Uh, the ways that they, they look at their sweet, oh, now one-year-old daughters uh, is the same way that you look at them, the same way that you look at each of us as a father who loves us. We're thankful for that love, God. And we're thankful for uh, the ways in which you're using Tim and Jacqueline uh, and their, their parenting and their marriage to lead other people to the same sort of sacrificial love. Uh, that every day uh, when they choose to give their time and their energy and their love to their kids and to one another, they're providing an example to their neighbors, to their friends, to their coworkers of what it looks like to sacrificially love in the same way that you do. And we're thankful uh, that they can be a witness uh, through both their words and their actions, uh, that they can uh, indicate to the world who you are and what you've done for us through their, uh, their love for one another. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Tim. Everyone, give Tim a hand. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Well, friends, we do these story Sundays, one, for you to get to know one another a little bit more, especially in a COVID time where we've been distanced in a variety of ways, uh, but also uh, to do some work of remembering of remembering what God has done. And I like the, the breaking down of the word remembering, right? We are bringing our members together. We are remembering ourselves. It's the opposite of dismembering. Uh, we're bringing ourselves back together, uh, focusing ourselves on what God has done in our lives. Uh, we do that through recollecting on what the last year has looked like in all of our lives. Uh, so yeah, thanks for, for being here. Thanks for, for sharing and listening to these stories. Thanks for giving these people uh, the time and energy. I hope that, that God has spoken in, in their stories to you. Uh, let me pray to wrap us up, and then uh, we'll move to, uh, to the Lord's table together.